All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Hopefully, the audio is good. I changed out the cable. I did everything I could on my end. Um, please, guys, give me give me uh, something in the comments telling me that there are signs of life with the audio. It's a it's a whole new cable, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, I I had Chinese kids building this thing throughout throughout the weekend. Okay, I've got one good to go. That that's all I needed. That's all I needed. What's up, everyone? What's up, Miss Brittany? What's up, Chaotic? What's up, everyone? Okay, but however, am I going to have to replace my stand now? Because my stand has been acting goofy, bro. Come on. It's like, ¿Por qué estás así? What's up, everyone? Welcome back. Today is Tuesday, September 5th, year of our Lord, 2023. It is my wife's birthday in two days. So Thursday, which I just remember Thursday, I have a dental appointment at 9 a.m. Hmm. How am I going to make it back on time to be back by 10? I could just skip it. That is an option. And I can tell my wife that's why I couldn't go. It makes sense. Mm. How am I? Hopefully she's not listening right now. I'm trying to get out of this dentist appointment. I hate the dentist, bro. You know what? I'm just going to go ahead and say it. The dentist is a psyop, bro. Full on. Psyop, right? I can't be the only one here. <clears throat> you know what? It's one of those things where, like, weather manipulation, not a psyop. Going to the dentist twice a year, 100% a psyop. I'm just saying, look, man, look, I know what you're going to say. I know you're going to tell me something about Oprah Winfrey and The Rock and Bill Gates. I know, I know what you're going to say already, but I've heard it all. Not a psyop. Going to the dentist twice a, for a cleaning? Bro, I clean my teeth every day. What do I need to go to a professional for? I'm just saying, look, if you don't have a toothache and you don't need a lot of candy, like I do not, no need to go. All right. So everyone is telling me uh, all, all the silly, silly stuff. <clears throat> Did I say what day it is today? Tuesday, September 5th? Yes, because that's where I went to September 7th, which then led to me trying to get out of it. Hmm. Still debating. Well, I'll let you guys know. I'll let you guys know what the plan what the plan there is. But um, also, change of schedule. For those of you, the audio-only listeners, or those of you who are not paying attention to my socials, uh, there's going to be a new schedule with the morning podcast, Tuesdays and Thursdays only. We do have still one thing pending where we will be working on a Wednesday evening show. Um but that's pending right now. Those are those are for now gone uh, on, on my end. And there is something pending for that later on, which I will make the announcement at the right and appropriate time. But good day today. Woke up at 3.50 in the morning. Uh, definitely a lot earlier than Nicole. <clears throat> she wakes up at like 4.30 or something like that. Slacker. Anyways, um, Woke up at 3.50 because my fan, my ceiling fan is making loud noises because we turn it on every night. Uh, it's not that it's always hot in my room. That's not the case. It's just uh, I need us. I'm a man, so I need a, some sound at night. People, let me tell you something. People that sleep in dead silence. <clears throat> people that go to sleep and they have no noises, meaning no fan on, no nothing. Look out for those people. Those people 
nine times out of 10, grow up to be serial killers. Don't care who you are. If you are somehow going to sleep with no noise, whether it's your TV is on or your ceiling fan is on or you've got a little fan on, whatever the case might be, nine times out of 10, I don't, I don't know the statistics off the top of my head, but I'm pretty sure I just made this up. Nine times out of 10, my guy, you're a psychopath and, and you're going to grow up to be a serial killer. That's all I'm saying. Anyways, woke up at 3.50 a.m. because my ceiling fan is starting to make noises and it was bothering me. So I turned it off. Big mistake. Couldn't go to sleep because, again, I'm not a psychopath. So I can't just turn off the, the ceiling fan and go back to sleep. Your boy's not a psychopath. Just saying. So my alarm was set for 5, 10 in the morning because I was going to go to the gym with my son. Ended up going to the gym with my son. We hit arms today, which is why, if you're wondering, my arms can barely fit. Like, look at this, dude. Look. Look at this. They barely fit. If I, I can't even, like, I can't even go like this because it'll just rip, bro. It'll just rip. I mean, look. No, wait, this one. Look at this. There, There is no, like, you know, there's no material left. It's, it's just, you know, it's it's just crazy. Um, <clears throat> but we hit arms today. Obviously, you guys know I'm I'm being loosey-goosey. Come on, guys, right? Um, I, I truly hope there's nobody in here saying like, oh, man, this guy's like really conceited because holy smokes, man, you don't know the show. You don't know the show. Ladies and gentlemen, I've become an entertainer of sorts. That's, that's all I can say. All right, moving on to the news. Entertainment. Speaking of entertainment... And I know what you guys are going to say. I know what you guys are going to say because I said this over my telegram that I'm not a big cinema guy, which I'm not. I'll be very honest with you. Not not big into movies per se. Watch a lot of them in my time, obviously. I went to go watch The Equalizer 3 with my dad yesterday. So my dad is a huge cinema guy. Huge. And from time to time, he invites me to the movies. He pays for it. So it's not like I'm being contradictory here ladies and gentlemen we went to go watch the equalizer three with denzel washington which by the way i'm a big denzel washington guy not because of cinema but i've seen his interviews he always proclaims god i can appreciate someone that does it a little different over on that sector of things right so a big denzel washington guy no funny business in the movie by the way nothing highly recommend if you're a cinema kind of person if that's your thing, go go for it, you know. But I did. Um, what's up, Nicole? <clears throat> no, I'm not going to entertain you, chaotic. Um, gang, gang, ice cream so good. <laughs> Yo, isn't that like a TikTok thing? Like, mmm. Like, don't they go like that? Like, mmm. Ice cream so good. <laughs> I can't believe I just did that. What's up, Nicole? Hey, Nicole, by the way, I know you're late. Somebody was making fun of the fact that you don't wake up early. I wish I could remember who said that in the chat, but I'm just letting you know. Somebody in here was making fun of the fact that you wake up at 4.30 a.m. They said they wake up early than you. I don't know who it was. I'm just letting you know so that you are aware of things. But um, <clears throat> anyway, um, good movie, Equalizer 3, which is funny because... The movie, I'm not going to give it away. Don't worry. It's no spoiler alerts. 
The movie was good action-wise. There was no funny business. Uh, you know, it, it is what it is, right? Um, meaning, like, no hanky-panky, no, like, half-naked women. Thank God, right? So so good. The script was good. The fighting scenes were good. Denzel Washington, good, right? And the movie was based out of Italy, um, which is based, you know, I, I love Italy, one of the countries that I want to go visit. I, I see what migration has done to Italy. It saddens me, truly. Um, <clears throat> and then after that, my dad took me to go eat Italian food. And we went to like, uh, which I know what you guys are going to say, oh, that's not Italian food. But we went to go eat um, Little Caesars Pizza. Great Italian food. <laughs> I'm totally kidding, by the way. Uh, we did not go to Little Caesars Pizza. We ended up going to, uh, what is it called? Buca de Pepe, which I, I believe it, it, it is, I think, authentic Italian cuisine. But I think it's like one of those chain restaurants where like if you're like a real Italian, you probably frown upon it. You know, you're probably like, that's bro, that's not real Italian food. You got to go to like the small mom and pops, which I was just thinking about this yesterday. And, and speaking of like migration, you know, much love to my Hispanic brothers and sisters, much love to the hardworking people over in Hispaniola, right? The Latin people. I noticed that the cooks yesterday were Hispanic and okay. I've said this before, and I don't know how you guys feel about this. Me personally, just me personally, me personally. I, I understand that anyone can learn how to cook Italian food, obviously. Me personally, if you're going to like an authentic Italian place, just me saying this, I would love if all the cooks were Italian. Just me personally. Nothing against anybody, nothing against any ethnicity or culture or race of people. Just personally, and I could say the same thing. If I want Jamaican food, I want people straight from, I want Jamaicans flown in to make my food. You know what I'm saying? If it's Italian food, I want Italians cooking my food. I don't know. It's just, you know what I'm saying? Like if I wanted other things, then I will do the other things, you know? <clears throat> if I if I want, look, man, I, no offense to like white people or or any European, I'm not gonna I'm not going to Italy for tacos. You know what I'm saying? I'm not I'm not gonna be going to like you know Bulgaria to find to get myself some fine pozole and sopes and enchiladas. That's just you know what I'm saying. So why is it in America? The melting pot of the world, it's like, hey, <clears throat> Boca de Pepe, call yourself an authentic Italian place. I understand cheap labor. I understand, you know, equal opportunity. Maybe just hire some Italians. Maybe. Just maybe. I don't know. However, again, not trying to be racist. ADO, don't come after me. Please. You know what I mean? I know that you're an organization that cares about the Italian people and the white people, just please don't come after me. Right, Adio? Okay, you've got enough problems on your hand with Elon Musk and apparently now Tucker Carlson. Uh, a couple donations, and then we'll get into the news here, guys. Obviously, being a little loosey-goosey. Uh, Mr. Chaotic at 499. Thank you so much, my friend, for the super sticker. And, of course, my sister, Marta Vizcarra. Morning, bro. Keep up the good work and have a blessed week. Thank you so much, sis. Appreciate you always. 
uh, hooking me up with that $5. Thank you guys so much. Um, okay, we're going to jump into some news. So what I decided to do was obviously last week I came on. I left some stories on the back burner. Thankfully, I saved all the links because I have big brain and I remembered um, to save all the links. So I actually have a plethora of things to go through. Come Thursday, I'll give you guys more like updated news. But my 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 hopes is Tuesdays and Thursdays, I will come back strong. I will give you guys a really good show. We'll make it a little cultural. We'll make a little entertainment. I'll give you guys some thoughts on, on some modern things. One of them I might jump into today, Mr. Matt Walsh himself out of the Daily Wire is in big trouble. He is in big, big trouble, that guy. Apparently, he posted a video of a woman uh, on TikTok. She is 29 years old. She posted an opinion about being single and being able because she doesn't have any kids and she's not married. She's able to do whatever she wants. She can sleep in on the weekends. She doesn't have any kids, so she can go to Beyonce concerts. He kind of came after her. And now even conservatives are siding with the woman. And, and I kind of go into this, right, where, where it seems like people on Twitter are, are dunking specifically on women, online women, in order to generate views and monetize their Twitter, get some impressions. We, we can dive into that. I think a few of you were interested in that. So we can, we can definitely dive into that. Um, so we'll get into it. <clears throat> Um, there's an authentic Italian restaurant in Hesperia called Italian Kitchen. That is bomb. Even though I'm Mexican, my favorite food is Italian. Agree, authentic is best. You know what? I guilty as charged, my friend. Even though I was raised Mexican in a Mexican household with Mexican cultures and traits and traditions, and especially food, I will be honest with you guys. Italian food has always been my favorite kind of food ask my sister she's in here i love pasta i love the cheeses i love the breads fantastic stuff i like it more than french food i like it more than any european food that i can think of uh mexican food i'll just be honest not just because i'm biased is probably my second best favorite food in the world there's just so many good authentic dishes um but hey, maybe I need to travel the world more and, and find out, right? Uh, what's like German food? You know what I mean? Like um, like racism for breakfast? I don't know. All right. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to go into this first article. This is the New York Young Republicans. So obviously last week, I don't know if you guys saw, this was August 31st, straw poll. So the Young Republicans, which... A lot of you have a big gripe with young Republicans. I am a member of the young Republicans of the Los Angeles County myself. I put out some events and I share some events that the young Republicans are having here in Los Angeles County. And every single time I share it, there's always someone that is not within the age range of 18 and 40 complaining to me about how they're no longer young. And how they wish they can participate, but eh, they're they're not young anymore. And I'm like, dude, come on. <laughs> you know, it's like, dude, can can people just have things? Like, I get it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm gonna be old soon. I'm gonna be 36 this month, ladies and gentlemen. Just just gave away my birthday, and I just gave away my age. But it is what it is. We all get there. With age comes wisdom. 
unless you're a communist. You know, <clears throat> what can we do? So the young Republicans just had their national convention. See, when when I say young Republicans, people just assume that I am talking about like young Republicans, like in general. No, no, no. When I say the young Republicans, I mean that there's an actual organization that is called the Young Republicans, right? And they're an actual organization and there are bylaws and you have to, to in order to be a young Republican, you have to be, I believe there's only two stipulations. You have to be a registered Republican and you have to be to be between the ages of 18 and 40. And I guess there's a third stipulation. You have to buy the membership. You can't just fit those two categories and then automatically be a young Republican. You also have to buy the membership, which is like $5 a month or $50 a year. Um, so again, I am a member of that. I am 35. I am between the ages of 18 and 40. One day I won't be. And it is what it is, right? <clears throat> so they just had their national convention in Dallas, Texas, and there was a straw poll. And they voted for who do you prefer to be the 2024 Republican nominee? And according to this straw poll, which we will get into it here in a second, it looks like Mr. Ron DeSantis has won that straw poll. Uh, not by much at 36.6% with Donald Trump second place at 35.4%. Vivek Ramaswamy at 9.1%. Nikki Haley at uh, uh, fourth at 7.5%. And Mr. Tim Scott at 5.5%. And about 6% of the people voting for another candidate. So obviously when this poll came out, <clears throat> one thing that campaigns do is they share the polls that are favorable to them. Every Republican is guilty of this. Anytime there is a poll that shows that tr Trump beats Biden or Trump beats all the other Republican nominees, he shares it or his team does at the very minimum. Well, of course, Mr. Ron DeSantis has taken this straw poll and said, thank you so much, the young Republicans. I won't let you down, yada, yada, yada. But of course, this also angered or I would say at least triggered a lot of people saying, wait, what the hell? How did this happen? Well, I will explain. So it says here, this is a New York Young Republican Club, which is actually the oldest, if I'm not mistaken. The New York Young Republicans, believe it or not, which again, I always talk about how we have 50 red states with just major blue cities. That's it. That's really what you have. There's no such thing as blue states. It's just red states with hyper blue concentrated areas with millions of people who outvote the Republicans. That's just the reality. <clears throat> so this is New York Young Republican Club. We conducted a legitimate straw poll where you were only allowed to vote once. Everyone who participated had to be a confirmed member. And we even published the sample size. The results were overwhelmingly supportive of President Trump. You need to do better, Young Republican National Federation. So here you have, because apparently when the Young Republicans did this, they did so doing this. So this is Gavin Mario Wax. He is the chairman of the New York Young Republicans. And it says, FYI, this poll that the Young Republicans National conducted is still live and you are allowed to vote multiple times it was sent via text message on august 16th seems suspect only poll showing DeSantis up over trump and trump 
These are desperate times here you can see for yourself. And here is an image that shows young Republicans. Welcome to Dallas. Please take a moment to share your thoughts with us regarding your preference on who the Republican nominee for president should be. And then it says here, we hope you're enjoying Dallas. Don't forget tonight's Welcome to Texas Party. The party is from 7 to 9 p.m., etc. And then a second image <clears throat> shows the actual poll itself, which I clicked on it also back then. And um, because I didn't attend the conference, I didn't get this. But I actually know people who attended this conference that were actually there. And they told me that they did not receive this text message. So, again, I'm not accusing the young Republican national of, of malfeasance. I'm not saying that there is some funny business. But this is not a good poll indicator to show who's really winning here. And the reason for it is because anyone can vote so long as you had the link to it. It was live for multiple days after the convention. And you can vote multiple times and you didn't have to be a confirmed member so easily someone who attended a conference could share the link with other people not a young republican member and vote on this so you can kind of see how this is not a really good poll by any measure so it says here please select your top pick for the republican presidential nomination as of today List in order of RCP, uh, so it says Donald Trump here at the top, Ron DeSantis, Rick or something, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So the New York One Republicans, again, they did their own individual poll in which everyone was only allowed to vote one time as opposed to multiple times. So again, if you wanted to vote, let's say, Ron DeSantis, you can just keep coming back and vote again and vote again and vote again. This is what I have understood according to the evidence shown here. So it says they conducted a legitimate straw poll. Uh, it says uh, that the results were overwhelmingly supportive of President Trump. And it shows here at 64%, President Trump wins the NYYRC's Republican primary straw poll with Governor Ron DeSantis at just 27%, Ramaswamy at 3%, which is kind of shocking. I thought Ramaswamy would be doing pretty good with millennial Republicans out in uh, New York. And Nikki Haley at 2%, and everyone else got less than 1%. So, again, maybe you could make the argument, again, you know, to play the devil's advocate, you could make the argument that these are New York Republicans. They're probably more in favor of Donald Trump because Donald Trump is a New Yorker after all, and he is a Republican, and he's running for president. I don't know, right? You would expect that your hometown would support you overwhelmingly. Um, but, again, we... We don't know, you know, just because you are from New York doesn't mean that you support Donald Trump. There's a lot of people in. in I, I would actually kind of argue that more Republicans in blue states would favor a more moderate candidate than, say, Donald Trump. So to me, this actually boasts well of Donald Trump and how well he pulled there. Um, but, yeah, so so that's what happened there. I wanted to clear that up for you guys. I shared that, and a lot of you had a lot to say. A lot of you didn't understand why the young Republicans. Some of you even said, like, don't you belong to this organization? Like, what's going on there? And this is what I will say to, to everybody, <clears throat> and I've said this before, okay? I belong to the Los Angeles Young Republican Club. I see a lot of moderates, and I see a lot of people that support 
not not uh, not such a hardline Republican stance when it comes to social issues. There's a lot of people that su support same-sex marriage. There's people that support, uh, you know, uh, socially like leftist things, unions, whatever the case might be. But this is my question to you, and this is my I guess gripe with anyone asking, man, like this is not good. Why is it that the future of the Republican Party, at least at the membership and leadership level, seems to favor someone like DeSantis over a more populist guy like Donald Trump? This is what I will say. If you are not occupying these seats, if you are not helping shape the future of the Republican Party, if you are not a paying member, if you are not a voting member, if you are not proactively seeking uh, executive board seats at, at these young Republican or just GOP seats, and, and this goes for any GOP or RNC club or official party uh, 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 alienation. If you are not there helping ship, if you, if you truly believe that the young Republicans or the GOP should be supporting one candidate more than the other, and you are upset by looking at the polls or you are upset that they're not going in the direction you wish it to be the fault is your very own you are at fault it is your fault if you want the young republicans to go one way or the other then you need to volunteer a couple months ago i interviewed our yr chair and and i, I don't think he's not the vice chair I believe he is, dang, I forget what Brian's role is. I apologize, Brian, if you're watching this. Um, <clears throat> but I know he works in communications, I believe. I want to say he's a director of communications. And a lot of you didn't like what you what they had to say or their views on some personal stances. And I told you guys, guys, if you don't like it, then run for those positions or fill these seats. You don't have to like the GOP. You don't have to like the leadership decisions, positions and decisions that they that they make. But if you are not occupying those seats, somebody else with different views from you are going to fill seats. Like I, I think this is like one huge mistake that Republicans or a lot of common people make is you believe that by pulling your money and you believe that by pulling um your presence, meaning I will never participate in anything GOP related because I hate the GOP. If you abstain completely from participating and helping shape and helping mold the future of that political party or ideology, whatever the case, someone else will. It's not like if I, Anthony Cabasa, said, you know what, I'm at odds with, with our leadership, both at the county level the state level and the national level. Therefore, I'm out. Like I I I don't agree and I'm out of here. Or what I could do, which is what I do, as I could be at the board level and I can voice my opinion that helps shape the determination and the direction of my local county or state or national level. Because I understand that if I am not partaking in these conversations, someone else will. 
And if you're wondering why socially the GOP, the RNC, and local GOP clubs or state GOP clubs are going in a different direction, it is because of you. If you truly believe that you are more godly or that your interpretation of the Bible is better than most, and I'm not saying this like to, to mock anyone, and I'm not saying this to belittle anyone, but if you truly believe that, if you truly believe that you make a better Republican, that you would make a wiser Republican, that you would, that if, if under your leadership, the Republican Party would truly be a force to be reckoned with, then by all means, do it. Everyone that I know that is volunteering, that's right, volunteering their time for these positions, all have jobs. Some of them have two jobs. Some of us are about to have three jobs. The only difference is I choose to make time for it. Nobody just has time laying around. You don't just wake up and then someone walks up to you and is like, hey, I, I found a few extra hours for you. That's not the way it works. You have to make time for it. Sometimes you have to sacrifice things you really wish to do, whether it's family time, whether it's not being able to go to Disneyland this weekend because you go every weekend with a group of friends, whatever the case might be. You're not going to be able to go to the Taylor Swift concert. You're not going to be able to watch your favorite sports team this weekend and, and drink Bud Light with the boys. That You know, you have to pick and choose. But a lot of people were upset about this, and all I have to say is, well, then change it. If you're not happy about it, then change it. That, that's all it is. I did. <clears throat> Um, all right, going on to this next thing. So obviously a lot of you have also probably heard about this and some of you might also not like what I have to say about this, but I need to clear the air. Daily Mail exclusive Ron DeSantis, $50 million super PAC closes after donors were spooked by rookie ish mistakes. It says a super PAC set up to back Ron DeSantis with $50 million is closing as donors backed out while its founder said the Florida governor's campaign was guilty of rookie-ish mistakes and he will now back Donald Trump. John Thomas, a Republican strategist known as Billy the Kid of the Billy of Kid of Political Battles, set up Ron to the rescue, which Holy moly, that is gay, bro. That is that's terrible. Run to the rescue. That's what you named the super PAC. Run to the rescue. You have $50 million and your strategist and counsel and advisors said a good campaign name would be run to the rescue. Holy smokes. It says Ron to the rescue in November and had secured financial commitments from mega wealthy donors. But he said the donors began having second thoughts after the botched DeSantis campaign launch on Twitter spaces back in May. It appeared to be the latest blow for DeSantis after a tree fell on the governor's mansion in Tallahassee during Hurricane Idalia on Wednesday. His wife, Casey DeSantis, and their three children were home at the time, but no one was injured. 
But the DeSantis team has said for almost a year that Thomas's PAC was using his name and likeness without his permission and could be considered a scam. And in it lies the point of why I'm bringing up this story. <clears throat> a lot of people, including myself, when I first read this, said, wow, this is terrible news for Ron DeSantis. This is just another L of a series of L's that he is taking. Right. But here's the reality. So this is Colin Rugg over on X, formerly known as Twitter. He says, just in Governor Ron DeSantis's 50 million super PAC is shutting down as donors are beginning to jump ship. According to the Daily Mail, the super PAC will now be backing Donald Trump after they accuse the governor of making rookie ish mistakes. The super PAC was set up by Republican strategist John Thomas, who secured massive commitments from mega donors. Thomas said he began having second thoughts after DeSantis's Twitter Spaces announcement back in May. Quote, we were hoping to do like a formal TV campaign of air support when DeSantis officially launched, Thomas told the Daily Mail. But the problem with that is that the, is with the Twitter Spaces blunder, like almost from the get-go, all of our major donors said, let's just see how this plays out. There's one singular important thing every national president must do, and I agree with this, on their launch day, which is provide video to give to television stations to project optically what your vision is for the future. We're going to see after the reporting period of September 30th how Trump's cash on hand is, and then we're going to, to, to try to determine where we can fill in the gaps if it's needed. He added, DeSantis missed, we think, the announcement window when voters were going to be receptive to a change. And then the author of this tweet, Colin Rugg, said, wow, like, holy smokes, this is big. However, here's a community notes. The pack Ron to the Rescue has only declared a total of $1,621.01 in donations. So that's why it's really important to read these articles carefully and even some of the terminology because Securing support does not mean securing money. This is a man, a strategist, that was able to talk to top mega donors. And he thought, okay, well, all these people here are saying that they're willing to support this super PAC. I know based on history, experience, close relationships with these people, maybe even asking them, how much would you be willing to support? It's really easy, okay? Let, let me put this for example. Let's say I call James right now. He's right here in the chat, right? Hey, James, I've got this new project coming on. I really want to help the school board member win in your district. How much would you be willing to put down? James says, I, I can put down a 1000 for me and my wife. I'm like, okay, I got you for a 1000 Then I call Karina Rees, who's also here in the chat. I'm like, hey, Karina, same question goes to you, right? I'm telling you guys audience. How much would you be willing to support you know, this candidate? How much can I put you down? Karina says, I can put down 2000 Big baller. Karina, right? Big baller. Then I go down the list and I'm like, okay, I got Queso next. You know, Queso, hey, Queso, like, uh, you know, Anthony here. How much can I count on you to donate to this campaign? And Queso's like, bro, I got you for 5000 Then I call Megan and Megan, you know, same question. Megan says, you know, um, I got you for $500. Okay. Well, there you go. I'm creating this super PAC, and now I've locked in 
My math ain't mathin' because I forgot all the donations already. It is what it is, ADHD life. Let's just say for the sake of an argument, I secured $5,000. Okay, now I am saying, okay, I've got a super PAC and I have gotten pledges. I have gotten verbal agreements that people are willing to put down about 5000 So now the headline, if somebody writes an article, says Anthony Cabasa opens super PAC for local school board member with fifty with what five thousand pledge five thousand dollars. You see how that works? It's not that I have five thousand dollars on hand. It's just if I'm a political strategist, that is what I am committing to the people. I am saying, I know these people, and and I take them at their word. If James tells me he has a thousand dollars to donate, why wouldn't I believe James? He's donated in the past. He's a mega millionaire, right? Again, thinking about it like this, why would they not commit to this? So I am going to create the headline. I want people in the political atmosphere to know that I, the Billy the Kid, I, John, right? This this guy, John, who's who started this, um, is saying, I have a super PAC that is worth around $50 million, and this is how much we're going to pledge to Ron DeSantis. But again, investors want to know, what am I getting myself into? Is it really worth giving the $50 million? Let's take a look at it. And from the very inception, it seems like they were already scared off because let's face it, man. I, I think it was a good idea to go on Twitter spaces as opposed to a traditional. Uh, no, no. Let me rephrase that. I think it was a good idea that Ron DeSantis went on with Elon Musk to announce via social media that he was going to run for president. However, I still truly believe, and, and maybe you guys can find audio feedback of me saying otherwise, but it is of my opinion now that he should have just done a traditional presidential announcement. Cameras everywhere. You invite the press. You get the sound bites, as, as the article just explained. You do it traditionally. And then maybe later that night, you come on Twitter spaces with the owner of Twitter, now X, and you announce there. Yes, it's true. I just announced via television. But for those of you who don't tune into the mainstream media, here I am on social media talking with the richest man on earth on his own platform that I am running, which ended up being a disaster. They had to to stop it and redo it and stop it and redo it and stop it, redo it. I believe they had to end the stream twice, if I'm not mistaken. It was it was a blunder. So imagine you're committing to this person tens of millions of dollars. <clears throat> and now you're like, eh. he couldn't even get that right. Let me let me hold off on donating to this guy. And look, Pack Ron to the Rescue has only declared a total of $1,621 in donations. It had $0 on hand. Again, this is community notes. These are the fact checkers over at Twitter, which does a really good job, by the way. It had $0 on hand at the end of the last reporting period on 30 June 2023. And this is the most important part here. DeSantis' campaign explicitly distance itself from this pack run to the rescue days after the pack launched on 14 November 2022 now i 
here, here I can tell you, okay? Politics is a dirty, dirty world. It's a dirty business, ladies and gentlemen. I wouldn't put it past this strategist to open up this pack, say that it is worth $50 million and that they can pledge $50 million and then purposefully close down to get the headline that mega donors are backing away from Ron DeSantis and that they are now backing Donald Trump as a political long game strategy. What I am not saying is this. I'm not saying Donald Trump is behind this because a lot of people will, will misinterpret what I'm saying. I'm not saying Donald Trump called this guy up and said, I need you to set up this pack, pledge 50 million, get the headlines, and then in six months, burn it down so that we can we can hit him where it hurts. Polling for Ron DeSantis has been going down ever since he announced. That's just the reality. He's not doing good. He's not polling good. His campaign is not good. People are not showing up. He's fired half of his team already. You can sit here and argue with me. That's fine. You're a Ron DeSantis fan? That's okay with me. I have no issue with you. But you need to come to terms. That's just the reality of things. Okay? I don't think that that's what this was. There are some people saying like, oh, this was the whole purpose of the pack to begin with. They did this on purpose to hurt DeSantis. Sure, the headline doesn't look good. And for the average person, especially the average person that's not watching me every day so I can break it down so that they can understand the way you guys now. See, when I read this headline to you guys, you're like, damn, that's bad for Ron DeSantis. But now that I've read you all the context and how things work, now a lot of you are like, oh, this actually is not necessarily a bad thing for Ron DeSantis. Now, sure, this John guy, right? What's his name? Como se llama? John Thomas, a Republican strategist. Sure. Again, he's a strategist. Maybe his strategy was to make it look like he was supporting Ron DeSantis and then later flip so that people can be like, oh, look, they're abandoning ship. This has nothing again to do with Trump. Maybe John was acting alone. Maybe also John did think that the party was moving in the way of Ron DeSantis. And Ron DeSantis is just not living up to his name. He's not able to compete with three times indicted first black president in U.S. history, Donald Trump. First real black president. Let's let's be honest here, folks. He's got baby mamas. He plays child support. He's got a number one song. He's got songs on SoundCloud. Indicted three times. Come on. Let's not fool ourselves. But yeah, maybe, you know, he's like, okay, there, there's no way we can compete with this guy. We're, I'm going to stop this pack, which apparently only took in $1,600. And... I'm I'm now going back to Donald Trump. Again, maybe it was a strategy from the get-go just to get the headlines. Daily Mail seems like they fell for it here. They're not necessarily, I mean, I don't think there's anything, but let me see here. Mm. Yeah, see, I don't think there's anything here that shows that context. 
yeah, I'm I'm looking at the red at the whole thing. It doesn't show the context that the Twitter notes, you know, <clears throat> three indictments. Did I say four indictments? I meant three indictments. No, yeah, he's been indicted four times, right? He had, yeah, he's been indicted four times. Yes, he has been for, indicted four times. He got indicted in New York City, which was the first one. He got indicted for the Mar-a-Lago espionage, holding the secret documents, right? Then he got indicted for January 6th for insurrection, right? And then he's getting indicted. He just got indicted in Georgia. Yeah, four indictments, my boy. Evan, where have you been, man? But again, it is what it is, man. And, um, you know, speaking of January 6th, January 6th, not sex. I don't know why that just slipped out. What the heck is going on? Lack of sleep, ladies and gentlemen. That's what happens when you wake up at 3.15 in the morning. Listen to this. NBC. Proud boy Joe Biggs sentenced to 17 years in January 6th seditious conspiracy case. Biggs served as an instigator and leader during the Capitol attack. Prosecutor said Zachary Rell, another proud boy convicted of seditious conspiracy, was sentenced to 15 years. And these are the longest. These are the longer ones. Oh, so I said it wrong. Oh, Evan. So Evan was correcting me. My bad, Evan. My bad, dude. Obviously, you know I'm kidding around with you when I say, where have you been? Obviously, it it, it wasn't meant to be demeaning. But Evan corrected me. Apparently, I said three indictments when really it's four indictments, which obviously I knew, obviously, because um, I even listed all of them. But uh, yeah, I apologize. Thank you, Evan. Appreciate. It. See, that's how we know. That's why. That's why we love our boy Evan, ladies and gentlemen. He is here. He is tuned in. My boy Evan is watching. He is like this in front of his computer right now, listening intently and making sure that your boy Anthony Cabasa is on top of his game. Give it up for Evan, ladies and gentlemen. <clears throat> there we go, man. We need more Evans in this world. I'm just saying. All right. So uh, it says here, Washington, Joe Biggs, a Proud Boys, uh, Proud Boys leader, convicted of seditious conspiracy, who the government says served as an instigator and leader during the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol, has just been sentenced to 17 years in federal prison Thursday. It is among the longest sentences in Capitol riot cases. The record is the 18-year sentence given to Oath Keepers founder, Stuart Rhodes, also convicted of seditious conspiracy after prosecutors sought 25 years in federal prison. Bro, this is insane. The government sought 33 years. Nah, bro. 33 years. 33 years. Tell me you're part of the Illuminati without telling me you're part of the Illuminati. I'm just saying. The government sought 33 years for Biggs and Army. Okay, so for those of you who don't understand that reference, there is a big community online that um, they have stated to me multiple occasions 
that the way to tell that something is a psyop or the way to tell that something is planned is look for the number 33, which apparently is like the the highest degree in Freemasonry. Like if you're the level 33, um, it's like the highest degree of Freemasons, which I've also heard that that's not true. I mean, can we do a Google search? Search. Can you Google the Freemasons? Okay. What is the highest degree in Masons? Master Mason. Okay, yes. But is that level 33? Request it must be refused. The degree is granted solely out of recognition for us. These 33 Masons are granted inspected. Okay. I don't know what this means. What number? What number is the highest degree in masonry? Also, me personally, here's my thing with conspiracies. Personally, okay, personally. If I were part of an elite group that controlled the entire world, I I wouldn't be Googleable. You know what I'm saying? This is why, like, with the Freemasons, I kind of believe that they're like LARPers. I believe that they are like actors. I believe that they are they are the psyop. Like, so like the the conspiracy is that Freemasons run the world, right? Illuminati, Freemasons the 33 degrees, whatever, whatever, right? The enemy's best weapon is secrecy. If you can Google everything about the Freemasons, including where their chapter leaders are or where their chapters are, I'm going to have to err on the side of maybe these people don't control everything. You know what I'm saying? Like, seclusion darkness secrecy is in the name of the game if i can google you i just don't know how much power you have you don't even have enough power to tell google to make sure you're not googleable you know what i'm saying i don't know that's just me personally and what are the odds that there's 33 of you watching right now what are the odds i'm just saying bro you know i'm just saying okay Going back to the article itself, the government sought 33 years for. Did I finish my thought on like how conspiracy theorists believe that like the that if there's a 33 anywhere, that that is basically like oh it's a psyop or oh it's all fake because there's, the number 33 is in there. I don't I don't know how much I believe that, but I'm just saying I'm just passing the information along, ladies and gentlemen. I don't make the rules. The government sought 33 years for Biggs, an Army veteran who sustained a head injury in Iraq and then was a correspondent for the conspiracy website InfoWars. Prosecutors argued that he was a vocal leader and influential proponent of the group's shift toward political violence and that he used his, quote, outsized public profile and his military experience as he, quote, led a revolt against the government in an effort to stop the peaceful transfer of power. U.S. District Judge Timothy Kelly, who handed down Biggs' sentence, ruled earlier in the hearing that Biggs' tearing down of a fence. Wait. <clears throat> so this is what he's being accused of. 
and I'm going to read this slowly for you guys. U.S. District Judge Timothy Kelly, who hounded, who handed down Biggs's sentence, ruled earlier in the hearing that Biggs's tearing down of a fence between police and rioters qualified him for a terrorism sentencing enhancement enhancement sought by prosecutors destroying the fence was a quote deliberate meaningful step that contributed to the disruption of the electoral vote count occurring in the capital kelly said biggs was convicted in may of seditious conspiracy conspiracy to obstruct an official proceeding obstruction of an official proceeding conspiracy to use force intimidation or threats to prevent officers of the u.s from discharging their duties interference with law enforcement during civil disorder and destruction of government property bags biggs went to trial alongside enrique tario ethan nordine zachary rell and dominican pezzola all five were convicted of felonies and all but Petzola were convicted of seditious conspiracy. The Proud Boys were also to be sentenced in the coming days, Rel on Thursday afternoon, Petzola and Nordine on Friday, and Tario on Tuesday. Kelly sentenced Rel later Thursday afternoon to 15 years in federal prison. Prosecutors had sought 30 years. Quote, you did spray that officer, and then you lied about it, Kelly told Rel. Those are what we call in the law bad facts. In a selfie video he recorded outside the Capitol on January 6, 2021, Big said January 6 will be a day in infamy. Norm Pattis, an attorney for Big, said in closing arguments at trial that the Proud Boys commander-in-chief, former President Donald Trump, sold them a lie, referring to the lies about the 2020 presidential election. Before his sentence was handed down Thursday, he said that he was sorry and that he knew he messed up on January 6. I apologize for my rhetoric, Big said, adding that he used it as a way to deal with what was going on with his family after a member of their family molested his daughter. Very odd shift. Tragic that happened. It says, I'm so sorry. I'm not a terrorist. I don't have hate in my heart. Biggs grew emotional as he talked about his daughter, swearing on her life that he intended January 6th to be his last event with the Proud Boys. I'm done with it. I'm sick and tired of left versus right, Big said. The only group he wants to be affiliated with, he said, is his daughter's parent-teachers association. Hmm. Now, what's really interesting is that nowhere in these articles, nowhere really almost ever, was it ever mentioned that Mr. Joe Biggs is actually not just a U.S. veteran, but he received apparently two Purple Hearts for his heroism in battle and that he is struggling with PTSD. So it says here, this is News Journal, Volusia County Proud Boy leaders Joe Biggs was sentenced Thursday to 17 years in federal prison for his role in the January 6th attacks on the Capitol. Biggs, who lived in, in an unincorporated Volusia County near Ormond Beach, was convicted along with other Proud, Boys, Proud Boy members and leaders at a federal trial in Washington, D.C., Biggs was convicted, yada, yada, yada. I already said this, yada, yada, yada. Biggest second long said that. Okay, it takes 16 years. Biggs the second time. Where is it? There it is. <clears throat> Biggs was the focus of dramatic testimony by the U.S. Capitol Police Officer Carolyn Edwards. 
during the congressional hearing last year. Edwards testified that it was Biggs who focused a crowd of rioters on the handful of officers near the northwest corner of the Capitol grounds. Edwards testified she knew when she was being turned, quote, into a villain. Biggs also worked for conspiracy theorist Alex Jones, Uncle AJ, where Biggs described his job as an investigative journalist. Jones was sued for making defamatory statements about the Sandy Hook shooting and plaintiffs were awarded $1.5 billion in damages. On December 2nd, 2022, he filed for personal bankruptcy. Biggs served as a Cannon crew member in the Army Reserve from November 2004 to October 2007 and was active Army from October 2007 to February 2012, according to the U.S. Army. He was deployed to Iraq and later, or Iraq, and later to Afghanistan and left the service with the rank of sergeant. Biggs' awards and decorations include the Purple Heart, Army Commendation Medal, the Combat Action Badge, and the Army Achievement Medal. Hmm. Prosecutors have pointed to Biggs' military service to argue that he should have known better than to participate in the attack on the Capitol. All right. Here's what I'm going to say about this, and I'm going to try not to fed posts. I'm going to try to watch exactly what I say. I know what I want to say, but I'm not going to say it. <clears throat> when you are in the military, and I know because I was in the military for over a decade, uh, your oath is to the Constitution, not to necessarily the U.S. government. And it's definitely not to tyrants. And... Whatever side of the aisle you find yourself in on whether January 6th was good or not, personally, I've never condemned it. Um, and I've explained multiple reasons why I refuse to condemn it. Uh, I think that there were stupid things that happened that day. I think that there are a lot of things that shouldn't have happened. I think that there are a lot of things that should have happened at a larger scale. It is what it is. Right? Questioning the election integrity, I don't think warrants being indicted personally so, uh, under first amendment right but of course these are communists these are democrats that we are talking about they're going to throw everything in the kitchen sink at you so i'm not surprised in the least that someone is serving 17 years i know a lifelong registered democrat who advocates for the equality of chicano people so you could argue this person is very leftist that is serving a four-year prison sentence at the federal level because he was a photographer inside the Capitol on that day. But somehow the FBI was able to tie him to Trump supporters. And so they got him for four years. So it's a it's a regime, ladies and gentlemen. That, that's truly what the, what the thing is. Now, my point is that this man, he swore an oath to protect against enemies foreign and domestic. The government doesn't like a well-regulated militia. The current government, the current administration does not like the Second Amendment. Actually, they also don't even like the First Amendment. And they prove it every week, every day, with their continuous trying to gun grab and these laws that, you know, that essentially botch down on people wanting the First Amendment right. The pandemic was a perfect example. We already know that it is a definitive fact that platforms like Twitter and Meta and YouTube all were contacted by the federal government to be told what people are allowed to say about the pandemic and what they're not allowed to say and who they need to censor, so on and so forth. And now there's lawsuits being filed everywhere. But here's what I will say about Joe Biggs and 
I'm actually going to follow through with, let me see here. Donde esta? Here we go. And I'm going to share my thoughts using Mr. Andy No himself. <clears throat> Mr. Andy No, if you guys don't know who he is, he's a, he's a great journalist. Uh, he is a refugee of America. He used to live in Portland, Oregon, or at least I know that that's where his reporting was at. He's had to leave the country because of Antifa. Uh, he is essentially target number one when it comes to Antifa. So he ref he reports a lot on militants, left left wing militants, um, and and so so forth. So it says in response to Proud Boys members being sentenced to seventeen and fifteen years in prison federally for January six riot related crimes, some have asked me what the longest sentence was for a leftist rioter who committed federal crimes in Portland in twenty twenty. Black Lives Matter Antifa hero. Malik Muhammad of Indianapolis was sentenced up to 10 years in federal prison for using explosives to try to commit attempted mass murder in Portland when his local bill was set at 2.1 million a Portland leftist group paid it to get him out so I want to make sure that I have this here correctly This is, again, per NBC. The U.S. District Judge Timothy Kelly, who handed down Big's sentence, ruled early in the hearing that, that Big's tearing down of a fence between police and rioters qualified him for a terrorism sentencing enhancement sought by prosecutors. Destroying the fence was a deliberate, meaningful step. That contributed to the disruption of the electoral vote count occurring in the Capitol, Kelly said. So essentially, there was a gate between him, uh, the protesters and the police. I, I don't think I can pull up the video for you guys. And please fact check me. I've seen the video. And from what I remember was he was one of others around him that essentially grabbed the fence and then they, they struck it to the floor. That's it. That's what he got 17 years after apparently they tried to get him for 33 years. They got him for 17 years for doing that, doing this to a fence, and then it fell down. They got him for 17 years. Now, let me read what happened to someone in the left wing. Black Lives Matter Antifa hero Malik Mohammed of Indianapolis was sentenced to 10 years in federal prison for using explosives to try to commit attempted mass murder in Portland. He mm. <clears throat> goes on further at the inauguration of Donald Trump in January 2017. Hundreds of Antifa militants in Black Bloc launched a coordinated attack on the streets of downtown Washington, D.C. in an uprising against the new government, which is true, by the way. Two group trials failed to get convictions, and the remaining 120-plus militant suspects 
had their cases dropped. The riot suspects were supported by free lodging, donations, and large, well-funded network of legal aid. The city of Washington, D.C. later paid $1.6 million to settle lawsuits by riot suspects who were arrested. Mm. Interesting, huh? Interesting. And people people genuinely message me and say, "Hey man, I'm a Republican. I'm I'm one of those guys that would have marched with George Washington himself. I would have taken up arms. But what people did on January 6th, moving of offense i condemn their action that's not who we are we are not the violent ones and i'm okay with the sentencing that they're getting you like apples how do you like them apples imagine bro just imagine Black Lives Matter Antifa hero Malik Muhammad of Indianapolis was sentenced to just 10 years in federal prison for using explosives to try to commit attempted mass murder in Portland. Awesome, huh? Mm. I'm not saying, but I'm just saying. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. People really want to sit here and tell me like, yeah, man, I'm, I'm a Republican. I'm a conservative. I'm as libertarian as it gets, man. I'm all about that boogaloo life, you know, but what they did at the Capitol, that ain't right, man. Just, just stop, bro. Please. Just stop. Stop it. Stop it and get some help. You know, you know, it's just, well, I mean, but but this is where we are now, man. You know, and, and people love to belittle what this regime is doing because, hey, Joe Biden is really old. He's senile and he keeps falling down. Look how funny that is. Anthony, please just let me get back to my sports. Let me get back to, to going to Disneyland with the kids every weekend. We've got our passes. This isn't a regime, man. Like, this is not. You're, you're you're exaggerating. There is no two-tiered system. I just just come on, man. Like sports is about to start up again. Just stop making me worry about it. This is a nothing burger, man. Joe Biden couldn't be doing this because he's just too old. Look, he fell again. Look, just laugh at him. All you could do is laugh at him and get back to your sports. It is what it is, man. But you know what? <clears throat> I will say lawsuits are everything. You know, somebody here in the comments was saying, like, that's what happens when you have good legal representation. And it's true, man. That's just a reality. You want to you wanna win back our, our nation? Convince your children to become a lawyers, you know, to become lawyers, not to become a lawyers, but to become a lawyer. 
We got to take back the legal institutions, man. You you want to know why it's so unfair and unbalanced over at the legal system? Well, how many people are aspiring judges and lawyers on the right? You know, it, it seems like everyone wants to run away to a farm. Great. We've got farms everywhere now. Thanks. You know, maybe go become a lawyer. Just saying, you know, like maybe that should be the new trending thing is abandon the city, go be and then go hide out somewhere and come back as a lawyer. You know, I don't know. Like we need we need to like promote a lifestyle that's not just you having like a, a two by four potato garden and posting about it every day and talking about how trad you are. You know, like maybe we need more than just you building like your own cherry tomatoes. You know what I'm saying? Like, great. I can do that here in the city. You know what I'm saying? Like there's some communist inside of his apartment that his mom's paying off. That's growing potatoes. Also, you know what I'm saying? Maybe go to school to become a lawyer. Maybe that's what we need. We need like a, a city that people, Hey, you want to run away? Go run away, but go to the city and become a lawyer, become a judge, come back to the cities, get appointed, run for office. And then we take back our legal institutions. Just an idea. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, bro, the amount of people that I see on my stories, like, oh, we left California, moving to Texas, moving to Tennessee, moving to Florida. And they're like, wow, look, like, look at my garden now. I'm like, dude, I love that you have rosemary in excess. You know what I mean? Good for you. So happy for you and your rosemary farm. Maybe just maybe, though, like homeschool your children to become lawyers one day. I don't know. Just saying, like, let's start thinking like long term. You know what I mean? I've got potatoes. What we need is good lawyers, you know? <clears throat> All right. Speaking of lawsuits, California, not just California, but this is important everywhere. Breaking California, Dr. Donahue and legal team set to file a lawsuit to overturn California SB 277 that requires all children be vaccinated to attend school is prepared to, quote, take it all the way up to the Supreme Court. Every parent and every child has a right to choose. Now I've got the hiccups. I'm going to share an article about what this is, and then I'll let you guys listen to his own words here. California vaccination. This is back in 2015. California vaccination bill SB 277 signed by governor becomes law. A California bill. Uh, so like even here, there's like a little note says this article is more than eight years old. A California bill that removes all exception, all exemptions to vaccine requirements for school entry, except those medically indicated, has just become law. After the California Assembly passed SB 277 on Thursday and the state Senate passed the same version Monday, Governor Jerry Brown signed the bill into law this morning. Quote, the science is clear that vaccines dramatically protect children against a number of infectious and dangerous diseases, Brown wrote in his signing message. While it's true that no medical intervention is without risk, the evidence shows that immunization powerfully benefits and protects the community. Brown acknowledged a significant and acrimonious opposition, including comparisons to Nazi Germany and controversy that has surrounded the bill since its inception, inspired by the outbreak of measles that began at Disneyland last winter. But he points out that any child with a medical contraindication to receiving a vaccine can still receive an exemption to attend daycare or school. 
Quote, while requiring that school children be vaccinated, he wrote SB 277, explicitly provides an exemption when a physician believes that circumstances in the judgment and sound discretion of the physician so warrant. The law applies to students attending any public or private school in the state. So parents who choose not to vaccinate children for non-medical reasons would need to homeschool their children. That's right. They even got rid of the religious exemption. The only other states with similar immunization policies that do not allow any non-medical exemptions are Mississippi and West Virginia. Wow. In deep red Mississippi and deep, deep, deep red West Virginia. Damn, bro. Deep red Mississippi and deep red West Virginia. That's crazy. But hey, what am I to know? All right, here's this uh, uh, video for you guys so you guys can listen to yourselves. Hey everybody, it's Dr. Donahoe here. I am so excited. I have a huge announcement for you guys today. This is something that has been in the works for, gosh, you guys, it's been, I wanna say a year and a half, but the reality is this goes back almost 10 years now. The fight against SB 277, mandatory vaccines for school entrance. It's back to school time. Many of you guys have been faced with this challenge and you've consulted with me on one-on-one um, occasions and you guys have been talking to many of you about this situation and how we're working to navigate it. And here's the announcement, guys. We are ready to file suit in federal court and take it all the way to the Supreme Court against the state of California for requiring these mandatory vaccines without providing a religious exemption. It is absolutely unconstitutional and has been since day one, you guys. And we are thrilled that we finally have an attorney and a law firm Mariah Gondiro and Bob Tyler of Advocates for Faith and Freedom who are going to step up and take this as far as it possibly needs to go, even way, even all the way to the Supreme Court, you guys. And I just can't tell you, it makes me emotional thinking about this. I've been working for years to protect your children. Every parent and every child has the right to choose the medical interventions that they undergo. All right. <clears throat> So stay tuned for more updates on this, especially if you're in California, which also it doesn't really matter if you're in California or not. This is going to affect every single person in the United States, including those of you who live in deep red West Virginia and deep red Mississippi. If they win this, when they win this, not if we proclaim victory in the name of Jesus Christ. Right. That's what we do around these parts. Um but when they win this at the Supreme Court, this is going to mean victory for all K-12 children all across the nation. Because it will now set legal precedent out here, not just in California, but everywhere. So now you're going to be able to take your children without the fear of like, well, I got to be adhered to like the latest vaccine schedule. Oh, they just added another 20 vaccines without being able to you know, legally sue or, or repercussion, whatever the case might be. It, this is I, you know, we need to be praying for this case. I will be updating you guys with this case. Also, this is going to be a big win for Americans, for children. I've always told you guys, I've been transparent. All my children are fully vaccinated. I, you know, to to me, the fight is that it should be the choice of the parents to to either vaccinate their kids or not. Especially, I've met so many parents that already have like one vaccine injured child. And so, therefore, they don't want to have to vaccinate the rest of them because it's like, well, well, wait a minute. If with my firstborn, they had a reaction to this vaccine, how do I know it's not going to happen to the other ones? They should have the choice to do it, you know. And 
regardless if if vaccines are, you know, even let's just say for the sake of an argument that all vaccines, all 500 of them that you take before the age of two or whatever the number might be, let's just say for the sake of an argument, okay? And, and I want you to read my lips. Even if all vaccines were 100% safe and effective, meaning there's no short-term or long-term. As a matter of fact, even if there was a study that showed all vaccines are 100% effective and they prolonged your life, meaning there is a study that shows, hey, within the last 100 years, we have proven that vaccines are not only safe and effective, they actually prolong human life by 30 years, meaning that the average human lives up to 72 years or whatever it is now, 71 or 70, whatever it is, you actually get to live to 100 because of the vaccines. That's how great they are. Even if that were the case, it should still be your choice to vaccinate it or not. That's just of my opinion. I just don't think it should be of the government to tell you you have to vaccinate your children because we say so. That's just... That's just my opinion, right? I don't know how you guys feel about that. And also, one thing a lot of people love to do is they like to say, oh, Anthony, that's weird that you say that, but what about abortion? Stop it. The whataboutism doesn't work with me. Maybe your communist fallacies work with someone else. But in all cases, the government should tell you you can never have an abortion. That's just me, though. You know, it's just me because that's murder. Just saying. All right. What's the next one here? Again, I will keep you guys updated with that. So I'll let you guys know. Como va eso? And, and I hope that they win, man. They're, they're going to win. We need to be praying, not just for this doctor, but for this lawsuit. All right. This is for all you conspiracy theorists out there. Uh, this is going to be, oh, you know what? I, I might save this one for last. Let's do this one last. Uh, I wanted to jump into this one, actually, because I, I think this one is extremely important. Um, but this is interesting right here. Charlie Kirk hoax confirmed after claims of, quote, mass graves of indigenous children at residential schools across Canada no human remains have been found after two years of excavations. Did you guys, I don't know if you guys ever heard this or not, but there was these wild claims that supposedly due to the genocide of Christians on native people in Canada, like indigenous to the Americas, that what they did was they built churches on top of Native American like burial sites or that they buried uh, Native Americans underneath the churches to hide the genocide. This sparked national outrage in Canada. Uh, Justin Trudeau came out saying that this is heinous, how, that they're ashamed of this part of the history, so on and so forth. But it seems... Like it was just all a hoax. But listen to this. Canada didn't have racial guilt as a founding myth. So it invented a genocidal atrocity to atone for. Remember, 
83 churches were burned down or vandalized over this, and Trudeau said that they deserved it. And listen to look at this headline. No human remains found two years after claims of mass graves in Canada. And here you can actually see the picture. I'll explain it to you audio only. It says, uh, dig them up, return them home, show the whole world how many of us you have murdered. You meaning Christians. It says, go home, go back where you came from. And then you can see, you know, that some of the glass here is have been shattered in so on and so forth. <clears throat> so here's the New York Post, September 5th. Uh, actually, this was published August 31st. Sorry, No human remains found two years after claims of mass graves in Canada. It says, after two years of horror stories about the alleged mass graves of Indigenous children at residential schools across Canada, a series of recent excavations at suspected sites has turned up no human remains. Some academics and politicians say it's further evidence that the stories are unproven. Uh, Mine, Minigozibi, I'm, I'm butchering this, so sorry. Minigozibi Anishinaabe, a group of indigenous people also known as Pine Creek First Nation, way easier to pronounce, excavated 14 sites in the basement of Our Lady of Seven Sorrows Catholic Church near the Pine Creek Residential School in Manitoba during four weeks this summer. The so-called, quote, anomalies were first detected using ground-penetrating radar. But on August 18th, Chief Derek Nepenak of, of, yeah, Chief Derek Nepenak of remote Pine Creek Indian Reserve said no remains were found. He also referred to the effort as the initial excavation, leading some who were skeptical of the original claims to think even more are planned. I don't, this is a picture of the chief. Nah. Yo, this is Chief Derek Nepenok? <laughs> nah. That's him? All right, bro. I don't want to I don't want to seem racist. My boy, this is Guy Fier with a Indian hat on. This ain't no chief. What is this, Elizabeth Warren's cousin? Nah. Chief Derek Nepenuk of Pine Creek Interviews. Okay, let me let me Google this. They might have got the wrong picture here, ladies and gentlemen. Let me see. Chief. What is it? I mean, Derek doesn't sound well. I'm not gonna make assumptions. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not gonna do it. Nepenuk. Images. Bro, it's him. <laughs> That's really what he looks like. Yo. You know what? It is what it is, man. I'm not one to judge. Whatever. <clears throat> I don't like to use the word hoax because it's too strong, but there are also too many falsehoods circulating about the issue with no evidence. Jackie's Roulard, a professor emeritus in the Department of History at the University of de Montreal, told the Post Wednesday. 
Nonetheless, he welcomes more excavations because of the enormous adverse publicity and staying left on Canada after the first reports of the alleged mass graves. Quote, this, all has, this has all been very dark for Canada. We need more excavations so we can know the truth, Rillard said. Too much was said and undecided upon before there was any proof. In May 2021, the leaders of the British Columbia First Nation ban to Kimloops-Tisiquimpec announced the discovery of a mass grave of more than 200 announced the discovery of a mass grave of more than 200 indigenous children detected via ground penetrated radar at a residential school in British Columbia the radar found quote anomalies in the soil but no proof of actual human remains okay 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 so i just want to make this perfectly clear in may of 2021 the leaders of the British Columbia First Nation band to Clinton announced the discovery of a mass grave of more than 200 indigenous children. The radar found anomalies in the soil, but no proof of actual human remains. So wait a minute. So they made the announcement that they found a mass grave of more than 200 indigenous children, but there is no proof of actual human remains bro imagine in a major plot twist the catholic church <laughs> that colonized canada right ends up suing the indigenous tribes out of all their casino money which i don't want to stereotype i know indigenous people make money out elsewhere than casinos um, but wouldn't that be a freaking plot twist? Man, that's crazy, huh? Now, this is what I will say, and I'm gonna and I'm gonna say this here for you guys, okay? I understand throughout history there are a lot of things that Christians, but also natives, did things that they might not be proud of. I've said this often as someone that is 20% indigenous Mexican, I guess. Um, I'm very happy that the Spaniards came to the Americas and that they presented the gospel. I can't think of a better gift. I can't think of anything better than the gospel of Jesus Christ. I really cannot. If you don't believe in Jesus Christ, then you're an anti-Semite. Why? First, because Jesus Christ was Jewish. Second, don't forget that the Jewish people believe in the same God whose son is Jesus Christ. So if you're anti-Jesus Christ, you're anti-God, and therefore you're an anti-Semite. I don't make the rules that ADL does. Please tell me that my religion is fake so I can call you an anti-Semite to your face. And then guess what? We're closing down your banks, ladies and gentlemen. I don't make the rules. I'm just saying. Secondly, what I will say is if there are wrongs of whatever church, Protestant, Catholic, whatever, if there really were religious leaders that buried children underneath of a church to hide the, their evidence, I do hope, and I mean this with all sincerity, I do hope that justice is served. It's a heinous crime. If it happened, as of right now, there's no evidence. It seemed like it was all a hoax. And a major apology should be issued, not just by these activists, but also by Justin Trudeau, saying, we allowed the destruction and burning down of A3 churches based on a hoax. We will continue excavations, but as of right now, we owe the Catholic community, the Christian community, a big apology. We're sorry that we ever let it. 
as the government, we should have got in there. We should have worked with activists. Me personally, I don't know how you guys feel about this. I have no problem with excavating sites or, or using technology to see if there are children buried underneath. If if the if the Native Americans want to give them a proper burial, if they want to create like a, a site, whatever, that that's on them, bro. I have no problem with that. Zero problems. What people did in the past does not define who we are today, especially not as Christians. You're not gonna generalize my religion because of what some buttholes did way back when. You know what I'm saying? Now, I'm not saying this is a complete separate scenario. Going back to the Spaniards that came back to the Aztecs, if the Spaniards said, we are here to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ and build a church, and then the Aztecs said, no, you're not, because we have our temples and our gods, and the Spanish were like, look, man, we're kind of commanded to spread the gospel everywhere. We're staying, and for whoever wants to listen to the gospel, they're more than welcome to join us. If you don't, then just stay on your side. And the Aztecs are like, Nah, we're actually going to kill you if you don't leave. Then, I mean, there. Then that's going to happen. Don't, don't, don't threaten Christians and tell them that they can't spread the gospel. You know, they're going to build a church. If you don't like it, so be it. That's fine and dandy. But the moment you start telling the Spanish, my ancestors, that they're not allowed to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ as it's been commanded. Don't know what to tell you, fam. It's going to happen. And if push comes to shove, push comes to shove. Know what I'm saying? That's just me personally. I know a lot of you might not agree, but that's just that's just the way, you know? It's just... All right. And this last one that I have here for you guys, the MLB is testing an AI-powered facial recognition system for fans to enter the ballpark. Quote, use of similar facial recognition technology has been under scrutiny over concerns of privacy. Madison Square Garden's parent company was sued for its use of the tech to ban entire law firms out of its venues. MLB officials say their machines won't be used the same way. So here we are, ladies and gentlemen. Let's take a look at this report. Right off the bat, baseball fans finding themselves in a game of hardball while just trying to get into the stadium, fidgeting with phones, or even worse, paper, but no more. Your face, now your only ticket into the ballpark. Yeah, it was much quicker. Almost seems too good to be true, doesn't it? <laughs> Major League Baseball rolling out go-ahead entry, which allows fans 18 and older to upload a photo and register on the MLB ballpark app. All set. Once tickets are also uploaded, go-ahead technology at the gate will recognize those opted-in fans, letting them simply just walk in. Everyone should just be moving straight through this, right? Just keep no, walking. Just keep walking. Just as you would normally walk in life, you just keep walking. MLB partnering with the Philadelphia Phillies, who stepped up to the plate to launch this high-end facial authentication tech exclusively at Citizens Bank Park. Facial recognition, you guys can come through right over here lines as long as ever with Philly fans looking for another World Series run. It's been packed, the energy's like never before, and uh, this is another way for our fans to enter quickly and get, get right to the game. All right, so we're going to give this thing a test run. I have no paper ticket, my phones are in my pocket, so here we go. 
Officials hope to expand the tech to ballparks across the country. All right, I'm coming. Based on feedback from fans like Jenna Mertzig, who was first in line. So it's just go ahead. Two, go, yep. go ahead. Go All right, on. thank you. Is this the future of all stadium entry, you think? I think so. Yep. Use of similar facial recognition technology has been under scrutiny over concerns of privacy. Madison Square Garden's parent company sued for its use of the tech to ban entire law firms out of its venues. MLB officials say their machines won't be used the same way. So anyone that is worried that this is linked to some law enforcement database somewhere, not the case. It's not linked to any law enforcement. It's not even linked to the security scanning on site. MLB reps say facial scans are deleted and all that remains is some digital data on your account for future entry. Is there any going back for you now that you've used? Go ahead. No, no, I got it on the ballpark app. So if there's a stadium that offers it, I'm all in. America's pastime now moving into the future. I made history. George Solis, NBC News, Philadelphia. Yeah, you made history as a dork. I'm going to be straight up with you guys right now. <clears throat> that That's going to be a no from me, dog. First and foremost, good luck trying to get me into a ballpark. <laughs> Bro, it ain't happening. I'm an introvert, first and foremost. Secondly, you're trying to get me to watch a baseball game? I cannot think of anything more boring. Obviously, this is a, a personal opinion of mine. If you're a huge baseball fan, by all means, please continue to buy expensive tickets, drive in traffic, drink your Bud Light, have your $12 hot dog, Processed food, I'm, that's fine. And then come back to my Telegram and tell me how you don't have time to volunteer for a campaign one hour a week. That's fine. That's fine. It really, it really is. But secondly, um, no, no. I, it's a, you know, like this is one of those things where it's like it, it's out of convenience. You know, at least that's how they sell it. And I love how. Like preemptively, they're telling you, the audience, like us, oh, don't worry. Like there's no security concern. It's not like we're holding all your data in something that is going to 100% going to be hacked by the Chinese in about a month. You know, but you know what? The response by the audience members, the, the response by the fans, you know, um, oh, this is the future. Oh, yeah, I would never go back. You know, I, I would never go back to, to the tickets way. You know, man, again, it goes back to that adage saying people will always choose security and convenience than tribulation and liberty. It's just, you know, it's just it's just the way it is, man. I don't make the rules. It's like Dennis Prager uh, says, uh, which I'm not like the biggest fan of him, but it's like he always says, people will always choose security. Whatever's easy, man. That's just the way it's going to be. But hey, you know what? Um, it is, it is what it has been. If this is the future, then I want nothing to do with it. I guess maybe that's why I'm a conservative. I want to go back. Can we go back in time? You know, I, you know, it's so funny because before I became like politically involved, when I was growing up the medieval times, I know it's terrible. I would never in a million years want to live in the medieval times. Like just what a terrible time to be alive for the non-whites. You know what I'm saying? Like 
just in general, you know, Africa was terrible. The Americas were terrible. We're out here sacrificing people, whatever, right? During that time period. But, bro, I, I think of like, sure, would it be Okay, wait, let's go back a second. Rewind, back it up, put it in reverse. If I was king, bro, would I love to live in that time? Other than that, like imagine being like a peasant, bro, you know, like living on the outside of the city. You don't even get to run inside when the invaders are coming, you know? That just sucks, man. You're just like in some like straw hut, just praying that, you know, Braveheart doesn't come and burn down your hut and give a powerful speech right outside of it as your family's burning down. You know, just just saying. Um, but what I was my initial thing was I always had like an infatuation with like the medieval times. I, I love the movie Robin Hood, which is kind of like based in that time era. I love bow and arrows. I love like the the idea of like sword fighting. True story. I almost went into fencing when I was a lot younger. Uh, and then I realized how different fencing is from sword fighting. I thought, okay, in case you guys don't know, and I'm going to wrap it up here. Don't worry. <clears throat> sword fighting is really cool, right? Obviously, if you're doing it for sport, if you're having a sword fight for your life, it's going to suck 100% of the time uh, because the odds probably not in your favor. Let's be honest. We all like to think that we're the protagonist in, in the story. Like, oh, yeah, if I got in a sword fight, I'd 100% survive. And it's like, bro, you're you and I realistically, you know who we are in the movie. We're the movie where like we kind of like halfway train and where we, we kind of got told you have to go because you're a male and you got to go, whatever. Like, oh, okay. Well, I got to go. And then like, you know, you, you get ambushed and like, you're the guy that goes at the first sign of a trouble. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, the, the parts in the movie where like they come out of the bushes and it's like a, it's like a, um, like an ambush. And then they throw like an arrow and the guy gets it through his eye. Realistically, that's me and you. Let's be let's be honest here. You know, we're not the guy that like somehow gets away and like slays everyone, you know, with his sword. That's not me and you. Realistically, you and I, bro, you know what? We're not even that guy. As a matter of fact, we're not even the guy that gets the arrow through the eye. We're the guy that dies from a cold while we're marching toward battle. Like we didn't even, we didn't even make it to the ambush. Like that's just the like. Let's just be honest, you know. But anyways, <laughs> what do you mean did they sign up for that? No, Brittany, we're talking about medieval times, bro. Back then, you didn't sign up for that stuff. Like you had to pay people, and like you you had to like basically threaten their to kill their family if they didn't go into battle. But but anyways, um, so I I research what's like modern day sword fighting. And it's like fencing, but fencing, it's not all that fun. I'll be very honest. It's like the moment you hit someone, like the game is over. I thought fencing was going to be like, that's like the people that wear like the mask and then they wear like the all white, right? I thought fencing was going to be like, um, like you actually learn how to sword fight, like cling, clang, cling, clang, you know, and then like you jump over the sword and stuff like that, you know? Um, oh, all right. Well, I don't know that you guys are having a separate conversation, Nicole and Brittany. Anyways, um, what was where was I? I thought that's what fencing was going to be. It's not. It's not. That that's not what it's like. You know, I'll show you guys on Thursday what it's like. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, thank you guys so much for joining me this Tuesday. Lots of loosey goosey today. Um, oh, it's an A and B conversation. Really.
I know two people who are getting banned out of my Telegram today. You guys want to have separate conversations? Make your own Telegram. All right, ladies and gentlemen, if you are part of the book club, uh, I will see you guys tonight for that. I have a lot of catching up to do, um, but I will see you guys then. If not, I will see you guys Thursday if I'm able to reschedule my doc my dental appointment. If not, I'll see you a little bit later Thursday. But God willing, I will see you guys then. God bless you guys, and you guys have a good rest of your day. Take care, guys.